What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Hindsightless, the sporadic podcast where we talk about life, role-playing games, or whatever else might be running around inside of my head, but mostly role-playing games, except when we talk about books that make me sad. I feel like it's been a while. I mean, it has been a while. Yeah, so <laughs> I'm back. No sausage talk this week. Um, even though I'm not putting out an episode every week or multiple episodes a week anymore. I don't know. I just haven't been all that motivated. But I got two calls, and one of them is an important call because in my last sausage episode where I was talking about the clip from the movie that I played, I made a massive, massive error. I attributed that clip to the wrong thing. Uh, and so Jason, in his infinite knowledge of all things media, has called in to rightfully correct me. Uh, and then I got another awesome call from Minion, a.k.a. Rob of We Timorous Bushi, Confessions of We Timorous Bushi uh, podcast. So I want to talk about, uh, I want to get to that call. And then I'll talk about the the book I just finished reading, because I just finished reading another book. So that's always fun. That took up pretty much a full 24 hours of my life because sometimes when I get into a book that's that's what I do (laughs) that's that's all I do um yeah and then then maybe we'll talk about some gaming stuff too but anyway let's get to these calls hey Joe this is Jason so I've got bad news for you it's understandable you you know considering all told because the internet's a perilous place but what the clip you played is not from Sausage Party. The clip you played is from a com- Canadian TV sitcom series called Letter Kenny. Letter like a let something you mail and the name Kenny like Kenny, all one word. So that's from a uh, – it was originally a YouTube web series called Letter Kenny Problems, and then it was put on Canadian TV. The movie Sausage Party – there is a movie Sausage Party by Seth Rogen. It's a – animated movie that is R-rated, but it's something totally different. It's about an anamorphic sausage that lives in the supermarket and then discovers the truth about what happens to groceries after they're bought. So two totally different things. I have to break that to you. And then I also have to express the sadness, and, and so I do feel compelled to call in as somebody that grew up in northern Delaware, southern, southeast Pennsylvania, I don't think anybody's mentioned Scrapple yet. So Scrapple, which is the best of the breakfast meats. Well, okay. Scrapple, which is the best of the breakfast breakfast foods that fill the meat category, you know, definitely needs to be mentioned. Although if you don't know how to cook Scrapple, that's the big problem. You really, it's hard to find good Scrapple outside that area. And then it's maybe your tri-state area, Delaware, Pennsylvania, and Maryland. And, and it's especially hard outside that area to find anybody knows how to cook it. So, anyhow, that's enough for me. Thank you for that correction, dude. Uh, though I do have to say, <laughs> the movie Sausage Party sounds awesome. An animated movie, an R-rated movie about an anthropomorphic sausage finding out about what happens to groceries. That makes me happy that that movie exists. It might be terrible, but the fact that it exists makes me happy. And I, I love Canadian TV. I love Kids in the Hall. I love the Trailer Park Boys. Um, I, I am shocked 
Well, not shocked. I'm surprised that that clip from Letter Kenny, that was so not funny. <laughs> it just was bad. And I was like, this is awful. Uh, and it surprises me that that was Canadian because usually I jive super hard with Canadian humor. But anyway, man, as far as Scrapple goes, I'm glad you corrected yourself when you first said it's the best of the breakfast meats. Because is it a meat? I don't know. I I don't know that I've ever actually had Scrapple. I've heard about it. Because, um, you know, my, my family is from the South, but my mom originally, as a kid, she was in... Uh, that area where they have Scrapple. So she's had Scrapple before. I I never have. I'm not 100% sure what it is. <sighs> but I'm pretty sure it's not fully a meat. <laughs> but anyway, man, thank you again. My research is poor. That's why I generally don't do it. But yeah, like I said, I typed in Sausage Party and that clip from Letter Kenny was the first thing that came up. And when I, you know, I didn't go through the description of the video. I just looked at the title of the video and it didn't mention anything about Letter Kenny or anything like that. So I, I really appreciate the correction. Thank you. And thank you for letting me know that the movie Sausage Party exists. All right, let's let's get out of this country though let's get out of the states let's fly across the pacific ocean and head over to japan and let's take a call from minion what's up dude hey joe this is rob also known as minion from uh, confessions of a wee timorous podcast and uh, i think you can safely say that uh, if you go to the uk if the world has it, I think it's probably ended already and uh, we're just in limbo at the moment. So when you do that and you, you go across the howling seas of the damned and you fly there, you'll probably find that the, the cost of beers is incredibly high. I don't know what it's like where you are, but uh, prices are insane in Britain at the moment. Everything costs a fortune. You can't get vegetables occasionally. In the, um, I don't know. You, you might think I'm exaggerating, maybe some people... It depends where you go, but it's pretty mad at the moment. Uh, if you go up to the north of Scotland and go and see Spencer, you might be able to get a beer that doesn't cost an arm and a leg, but otherwise, it's really expensive. <laughs> um, I would say that Japan is is uh, cheaper. Certainly was always better quality when you get come to food and things here in Japan, but... Uh, the, the image of Japan being expensive, that's that's gone, that's over. It's uh, pretty cheap here now and it's expensive, um, at least in the UK. Um, yeah, it's it's really shocking. As for your games, I'd play Pathfinder with you. I, I'm not sure if I'd go for a, be able to go through one of these long uh, adventure paths, but I'm very happy to play Pathfinder um, with, with the right people, right? It's always important, isn't it? Uh, as for the monsters, I, I, I love... New monsters are great as well, you know, don't get me wrong, but I also love monsters that you know, but you can't identify in the moment, right? So you get, it's great to put them out as well. So you just get these little howling creatures that come out of the darkness, out of the walls almost, out of the out of the forest. The players might be asking what they are, and they probably, their characters might know what they are, but if, if it's dark, it's not always apparent what these creatures are. So, you know, I think that's another way of keeping things a little bit uh, 
a little bit mysterious and fresh is that, you know, we don't have to say, oh, it's another bunch of orcs or another bunch of goblins. I mean, um, in the moment, they're probably not really bothered. <laughs> they're not really sort of looking at the at these creatures and, and carefully, is it taxonomy? Is that something else? Somebody, t- somebody, correct me, but you know, you know, they're not sort of looking at the size, shape, and uh, features of all these creatures. So, I think we can get away with um, with uh, shadowing, um, um, keeping these creatures mysterious by by having them uh, shra- wrapped in shadows or something like that. Anyway, that's a that's long enough call. But uh, uh, thank you for the for the uh, the podcast. I am listening. I am listening. And uh, enjoying what I hear. So th- thank you and uh, look forward to your next podcast, which is always already up as far as I can see. Right. Bye bye. Well, thank you for listening, dude. Rob, I appreciate that, man. Uh, yeah. So as far as expensive goes, so I live in Seattle, Washington, which is very expensive. Everything here is crazy expensive. We have our sales tax is 10%. So all the prices you see on most products are actually, when you get up to the register to pay, 10% higher than what it says on the price tag because of beautiful, beautiful sales tax, which is actually a tax on poor people. So that's pretty fun. Uh, But, but, dude, I, I love Japan. I absolutely love it. I've, I've only been there once. Uh, and it was one of the greatest times I've ever had. I went there with two of my buddies. I'm sure I've talked about it before. We spent most of our time in Tokyo, but we also went to Kyoto and Osaka. And I wish we would have spent more time in Osaka. We had a blast there. We were only there for one night. Osaka was a place where we went into this punk rock. This It wasn't a punk rock bar, but it was this bar up a flight of stairs. And they were playing some punk rock music. Uh, and we got a cover charge. They charged us a cover when we went in, but by the time we left, before we ended up leaving, they gave us our money back because we were cool. <laughs> we were hanging out. There were some Japanese businessmen that were working on their English that we hung out with for a while. The server was beautiful. I was in love with her. And we just had so much fun there, and they loved us, and we loved them. And when they gave us back our cover charge, it was just like the greatest recognition that, yeah, you guys might be tourists, but you're cool tourists. And that was just, that was the exact opposite of experience where we walked into this one restaurant over there, uh, and everyone turned and looked at us in the restaurant. There were plenty of open seats. All All the workers and all the patrons all turned and looked at us as soon as we walked in the door. It's me, a white guy, my friend who's a white guy, and then our Chinese buddy. We walk in. They look at the three of us. Even though there's a whole bunch of tables, they're like, no, we're full. Get out. (laughs) We're like, peace, dude. And that was even fine. I get it. I don't give a shit about that. Um, Yeah, I absolutely love Japan. I love the fact that in a lot of the places you go that we went, I should say, a lot of the restaurants we went... When you order beer, biru, they 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 have one beer, maybe two types of beer, as opposed to here when you go to a place, there's like 50 different beers you can choose from. And that's fun for a while, but there's a part of me that appreciated 
the lack of the illusion of choice that is just like, no, these are the beers we have. If you don't like these beers, go St. Elsewhere, which I am all about. So, yeah, man, I loved I, I just absolutely love Japan and I need to get back. I, I do also still really want to go to the UK. It's funny that a lot of the places I want to go are nations that are also islands. Japan, the UK, New Zealand. <laughs> I don't know what I have with islands, island nations, but I mean, at a certain point, everything's an island, right? Uh, <laughs> I don't know if that's true. Anyway. Yeah, so man, it, it's just, it's friggin' expensive. It's friggin' expensive wherever. My life in Seattle, if I was making this much, as much money as I'm making now, which is a pittance compared to what some of my friends and family and everything make, um, but if I was making as much money as I make now in another state, like maybe somewhere in the middle of the country, which... Yeah, I I would be rolling, man. I'd be rich, basically. I could probably afford to buy a house somewhere else. It's 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 just wild the disparity the dis the disparity of prices between places in this country and wealth inequality all throughout this country. It's it's wild, man. Capitalism has its thumb firmly planted, doing what capitalism does best which is creating a class-based society and keeping workers down because capitalism doesn't want workers to rise up. That's bad for capitalism. You need to have workers. Uh, so yeah, man, this is where we're stuck in expensive city, man. <laughs> but what are you going to do? You know, drink more beer. That's what I'm going to do. Though I haven't had a beer for a while. It's been over a week. Maybe it's time. Anyway, you also talked about games. So... Let's talk about some games. Yeah, so Rob said he'd like to play Pathfinder which, with me, which is super nice, Rob. I would love to play with you as well, uh, but you wouldn't want to run through one of these long adventure paths, and that I totally, totally get, man. <laughs> I totally get. It is a deep commitment. Um, you know, we are... Now, a little less than halfway through the third book of Wrath of the Righteous, and we've been playing for a year and February, March, April, May, June, a year and five months now, and we're, you know, not even halfway through the whole adventure path. So, yeah. <laughs> Our last session that we had two weeks ago wasn't great, so that's why I didn't talk about it. Uh, it just it it was fine, but it wasn't great. There was some tension, and it was just one of those sessions that just I wasn't in a great mood. Some of the players were messing about, and it just it 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 we got some stuff done. We advanced where they were heading. Some things happened, and it was fine, but it just wasn't anything you know, all that we're talking about. Now, at time of recording, we have a game this coming up weekend, though that's going to be messed up too because two of our players are going to be out. So there's just going to be three players there. 
So I pose it to the group. Do you guys still want to play or not? I don't know. We'll see what happens. But yeah, that's one of the things with a long campaign. You you get these sort of hiccups and then you just you got to make that commitment to keep going. You know, I want to finish this adventure path. I think it's a really cool adventure path. It's one I wanted to play or run for years and years now and to be doing it is very cool though you know the technological problems that are popping up with me being able to access the pdfs is getting tricky Uh, because the first two pdfs i was fine my phone could read them just perfectly fine and it worked great and even the third pdf worked great for a while and then something happened either an update on my phone must have been an update on my phone because the screen reader just started not reading the PDF like it used to, uh, which is really annoying. And I haven't checked book four or five or six yet. So that makes me a little nervous, but I'll, I'll figure it out, man. <laughs> I will figure it out. But other than that, I haven't really been doing a whole lot of gaming. Uh, our Thursday group, that sort of fell apart. Uh, my Sunday group, that did fall apart. Um, and I just finally said, hey, this 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 isn't working out. So we just kind of canceled that, which frees up Sundays for other games and stuff for folks and myself. Uh, the Monday night game uh, of Reaver run by Joe Salvador, that's every other week. I haven't been able to make that one for a while. So, yeah, I I just haven't been doing a whole lot of gaming, which is, you know, it's life, I guess. It sucks. Comes and goes. But I'm of the opinion that gaming is like pizza and sex. I'd rather have none than bad. (laughs) There is such a thing as bad pizza. There is definitely such a thing as bad sex. And there's also bad gaming, man. So, you know, like sometimes... You gotta be an RPG camel and just get through, get through the desert to the next oasis where you play some more. And that's, that's where I am right now. Yeah, but it's cool. It's cool. I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about we deal in lead. I guess I should talk about that more. I've really been diving into that because as I said, my last episode, uh, the, the game there's a text-only version of it. And so I've really been reading it. Uh, the, the layout of that book, the order in which the author put things, is it's confusing. you got to go back and forth to find... He'll talk about rules that he hasn't described how they work yet. And so there's it's kind of weird... Uh, Jason and I of Nerds RPG Variety Cast, we had a really good conversation about it because as I've been reading it, I realized as a Weird West game, it's very cool. And like as an old school game where it's supposed to be hard on the players and all that stuff, it's very cool. But to emulate a Dark Tower game and especially the Gunslingers where you're playing as Gunslingers... I don't know that it, the rules don't really mesh with the idea of what a gunslinger in that world is. Because if you look at 
the rules, anytime you shoot a gun, anytime a gunslinger shoots a gun, they have to roll on the shoot table. And you roll 2d6, and the results range from miss to graze to, like, really good hit to hit. Um, but you're more, you're more than half of the time, the results are either miss or graze. So over 50% of the time, a gunslinger in the Dark Tower world is either going to miss the target or just barely graze them. And that's, that, that doesn't work. (laughs) That, that doesn't work as far as the, the, the genre of the game. Roland and Eddie and Susanna and Jake and Cuthbert and Alon and all the other, all the other gunslingers, they don't miss when they shoot. Uh, if they do, it very, very rarely happens. It's certainly not over half of the time. So yeah, that's that's one thing Jason and I talked about is coming up with a separate shoot table for gunslingers. Have a shoot table for NPCs and other people shooting guns and then have a separate one for gunslingers or something like that. So I don't know, man. Uh, plus we deal in lead. It's just got, it's got a good amount of little fiddly bits in there. Just little rules that are buried in the text that, yeah, I'm just trying to grok it. I'm trying to understand it all and get it straight in my mind before I run it. Cause when I do run it, I want to be able to run it, you know, and just go flow, uh, and just, take it from there but everything else about we deal in lead the the random tables some of the rules for what happens when the cotet breaks uh, there's a lot of things in we deal in lead like i said in my initial review that really do feel like a stephen king dark tower game but it's just that shoot table that does not feel like a gunslinger so yeah that that's the thing i'd have to I'd have to noodle around with before I could run it as a group of gunslingers, which is the conceit of the game. You are a group of gunslingers, which means you've gone through all your training. You are a gunslinger now, uh, and you're setting off in the world. So yeah, I'd, I'd have to modify that table some to make it where you're not missing or just barely grazing your target over half of the time. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's where I'm at. So I guess I will finish up this episode by talking about the book I just finished reading. Yeah. So I just finished a book called the angels game by Carlos Ruiz Zafon. Uh, the last name starts with a Z Zafon and unbeknownst to me when i started reading it it is a it's not a sequel it's sort of a tangentially related to another book by the same author called uh the shadow of the wind which i read years ago and had kind of forgotten i remember really liking it but i had forgotten about it and the name didn't the name of the author didn't ring a bell when i started reading it but when i went to load it onto my phone i realized i was like oh crap (laughs) So it's set in the same 
universe, I would say. And it focuses around a place called the cemetery for f- the cemetery for forgotten books. And this particular uh, story, the Angels game, is set in Spain during the late twenties, late nineteen twenties, early nineteen thirties, and it follows this aspiring young author named David Martin. And it was really good. I won't talk about it much. It's a very kind of surreal almost book um it's really good and it made me it made me sad at the end it made me sad it invoked emotions out of me and honestly that's the best thing you can have in a book is a book that inspires emotion sadness joy anger laughter any sort of emotion if a book can bring that out of you that's the book doing its job (laughs) And so, yeah, it, it, it's a beautifully written book. It makes, not that I didn't already want to go to Spain, but it, yeah, it makes Spain in the 1920s seem beautiful and dangerous and dirty and amazing and tumultuous and chaotic. It's, it's really a cool story with light elements of like magical surrealism. Uh, you kind of, don't really know exactly what's going on it deals with you know illusions and what is truth and just oh man love it's 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 good so you know it's one of those books that you can't really talk about too much uh because it would give some stuff away but if you're in the mood for a good uh strange book that will leave you feeling kind of sad, kind of melancholy in the end. The end poses a really interesting question. The very end. Um, where it's like, huh. <laughs> it's a, a very almost, yeah, I don't know. The end is interesting. Very interesting. What is, mm, yeah. I hope somebody out there reads it, and if you want to talk about it, hit me up, because I would love to talk more about this book, because it, it, it does raise a bunch of questions. So, yeah, that was it. The Angels Game by Carlos Ruiz Zafon, uh, Z-A-F-O-N, I believe. Uh, yeah, and again, you don't need to read The Shadow of the Wind in order to read the Angels game, well, they are both set in the same universe. Uh, you, they, they are two totally standalone books. Because again, I, I didn't, I don't remember anything of the Shadow of the Wind other than I thought it was really cool. So maybe I'm gonna go back and read that next because I kind of, I kind of want to dive back into the world, even though the world made me sad. <laughs> the Angels game made me goddamn sad. Uh, it, it's it's rough. Dave Martin, he's got it rough, man. Uh, but yeah, I, I I recommend it a lot. It's it's not a super super long book. I finished it in pretty much a day. I started reading it on like a Thursday maybe, and I was no, I started reading it on a Sunday, and I finished it the the next day 
Um, so yeah, it, it's not super long, but it is fun. It's rich. There's a lot going on in the book. You got to think about it, about what's happening and then things will come up and then you'll be like, Oh crap. That's what that was. So yeah, the angels game, check it out. All right, let me get out of here. All right. So that's it. That's it for this episode, my first episode, and it feels like a long time. Uh, But yeah, like I say, it is a sporadic podcast. (laughs) It is absolutely sporadic. At time of recording, tonight is the NBA draft. We'll see what happens. I think there's going to be a bunch of moves. Earlier in the week, Phoenix made a big move. Uh, They made some trades. I don't know... I don't know, man. They have a very good starting five. Their their starting lineup for the Phoenix Suns is really, really good, but they don't have any bench anymore, man. They don't have any. They don't have anybody on their bench, and I don't think he can win that way. I, I just don't. So we'll see what happens with Phoenix. I, I root for Phoenix. I think they're cool. Uh, Denver, Denver. They won the championship. They're not going anywhere. They're going to be really good. So yeah, we'll see. I hear Boston, the Celtics, they're planning, they're thinking about making some trades, making some moves. It's going to be interesting, man. It's going to be a fun off season for the NBA. I can't wait to see all the what teams do. Um, and yeah, other than that, uh, I don't know. I don't know if I have a game this week, this weekend. I don't know if the three players that are going to be at the game are going to want to play. Maybe we will, maybe we won't. Uh, We will find out, and I will let you know regardless. So that's it, folks. I'm going to get out of here. I hope everybody out there is doing well. (sighs) The planet is pretty wild right now. The weather in Seattle has been absolutely bizarre so far this June. Uh, Yeah, it's... It's today is the first official day of summer, I believe, as I record this. It's June 21st, 2023, and it's a nice day today. The sun's out, but the previous four days, it basically rained nonstop in June. And yes, I live in Seattle, the evergreen state, and it's beautiful. It rains a lot, but not in June. <laughs> not like that. And I just have a feeling this summer is going to be hot. <laughs> this summer is going to be hot. Anyway, that's enough of that. Take care of yourself, folks. Stay hydrated because it's hot in other places in the world and in the country. Especially if you're living in some of those really hot places like Texas. Carl, drink a lot of water, man. Uh, So until next time, folks, take care of yourselves. Take care of somebody else. And until then, peace out.